Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by the inaugural Yeg Podfest, presented by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Alberta Podcast Network and LitFest, Canada's nonfiction festival. Running October 1st through 3rd, the festival will be held entirely online this year, so anyone can experience it. Events will include masterclasses with experts, panel discussions, feature interviews, and much more. Some of APN's podcasters will be part of these events with guests from all around the world. To check out the full lineup, head to Yeg Podfest. that's yegpodfest.ca. It can be difficult to do a podcast when you have two small children who require mm-hmm. your constant attention. It's true. And uh, we previously have established that we largely record after bedtime so that we are able to discuss the book without interruption while both children ideally are in bed. But that has been difficult since the second one arrived because she is quite young and uh her sleep schedule hasn't quite settled into into day night yet. Well, I, it kind of has. Yeah, it mostly has. Yeah, for the most part, uh, it has. Lately, we've mm-hmm. been pretty lucky that she hasn't been up. Yeah. Um, but the tragedy is that <laughs> now our our toddler, our four year old, has decided that bedtime is no longer a thing that happens. Uh, just in the past week, yeah, give um, or take, yeah. Bedtime has become. A true ordeal. Goodness. It yeah. has become a lengthy process. Yeah. Um, we started to take him to bed, and admittedly, we are we probably are on the late side of putting our child to bed. Yes. To begin with. Well, especially since the pandemic started, because we didn't have to get up in the morning for the longest time. Yeah. And so bedtime for our four-year-old is around 8.30, which again, no judgment from other parents, might be a little on the later side. Um but we are now at, what, a quarter to 11 at night? Uh, a little past 10.30, yeah. And uh, bedtime is still going on. And he is currently upstairs making quite a fuss because one of us is not there with him, continuing to read him a story. And we have to record the podcast. Yeah, at some point, we have to record our podcast. Like, this is the window in which we have to record it uh, in order for it to come out this week. So this feels like a little bit of tough love. Where we just stop giving in to our toddler's whims and leave him to his devices and hope that he falls asleep. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, he must fall asleep at some point because he has to wake up in the morning to go to his day home. Yes. And it's going to be a real rough morning if he doesn't sleep soon. So, but I mean, what do you do? (laughs) Right? We are first time parents. We are figuring it out. We've never had a four-year-old before. Yeah, and uh, this is this is a new development. Like it's only just been in the past couple days that he has refused to be left alone in his room. Yeah, while conscious, and we have no idea why. <laughs> Not really. So that is kind of the backdrop of what we're doing here. So this episode is going to be a little quicker than normal, uh, partly because we have to deal with that. And partly because it's a really short chapter. It is four pages long. Yeah. So there is some stuff to unpack. A little bit. Just to give us a quick recap of what happened in chapter 26, 
Beth turned around and had a gun on her. Yeah. From Lewis. From Lewis. Uh, Lewis then goaded Flora into revealing his terrible master plan, um, which in itself was a terrible plan because by the end of the chapter, everything had gone sideways. Some unexpected information was dropped in Lewis's lap, which caused him to drop a gun in Beth's. And uh, that gun goes off. Yes. Which leads us directly into <laughs> chapter 27 of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hanna. Now, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage here. Normally, I have pages of notes, uh, which I have taken while I've been reading, but because of the long weekend and the general not having slept much because of the aforementioned toddler meltdowns, I neglected to read the book until shortly before we started recording, which is very rare for me because I like to have a little bit of time to unpack the novel and to have made notes. So I have no notes this week. <laughs> Fortunately, it's a short chapter. Fortunately, it's a and, short chapter. And it can be summed up pretty simply. Uh, the chapter is Beth getting debriefed by police during the after action of having shot a man in the face. Yes. Spoiler alert, Beth has killed Lewis Braid by shooting him in the face. Well, not in the face. Well, we know he got shot in the head. Yeah. We can assume the face. The face area yeah. has been struck by a bullet. Yes. And Lewis is dead. Yes. Stone dead. Flora's parents have been contacted they're on their way to florida uh the other kids are it's hinted at uh accounted for which if that is true means that maybe we were correct about what the caters are doing with the younger two thomas and emily's maybe um we don't really know yeah and based on detective Steele's questioning i'm not certain she believes beth's story well she probably shouldn't yeah, well, because it's almost, we, we know it's a lie. Yes. Lewis are, was not coming at her with a knife. There are holes in this. Story. Yeah, and even last chapter, you had established that, because you, you got off on a line of questioning about, like, Beth's going to say that she was doing this in self-defense, but the evidence at the scene is not going to match up. And I was like, well, they do have the recording, and here we have Beth going, well, it's all on the recording, and Detective Steele being like, yeah, it's all on the recording. Now tell me again exactly what happened. Tell me anyway. He was... He was how far away from you with this knife? He he really wasn't close enough for you to be stabbed when you shot him in the face? So, uh, yeah, Detective Steele, I don't think entirely buys Beth's story. And the fact that Beth hasn't been able to corroborate anything with Flora since, because they're being spoken to separately, obviously, leads me to wonder if Beth might be in a lot of trouble here. Well, maybe. I don't know. This is our penultimate chapter. This is our last number chapter, and then we have our epilogue. Correct. And I looked, and our epilogue is only seven pages long. Yeah, it's also pretty short. So Sophie Hannah has a whole handful of loose ends to tie up real quick. Well, a whole host of loose ends to tie up in the epilogue, because pretty much none of them get tied up here. It's, it's true. I was expecting way more answers, and I got very few. No. We know that Lewis is dead. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, so here's the problem I have with her quote-unquote plan. Okay. I don't know what else to call it. In her statement, she says he's coming at her with a knife, and she shot him in self-defense. Correct. And I'm just going to point out real quick, there are stand-your-ground laws in Florida. 
making it a good place to have stood your ground and shot someone who you felt threatened by. That's kind of my problem with it, mm -hmm. is he, he says very clearly earlier on, and it's going to be on that recording, that he intends to kill her. Yep. She already has a self-defense claim. Why make up the part about the knife? To make it sound like her life was in imminent danger when she pulled the trigger, which it kind of wasn't. It kind well, I, in but real it kind life. of was. Yeah, Lewis was disarmed and he was on the ground. I'm not saying he didn't deserve to get shot. Again. And th that he isn't a monster. I'm just saying that it sounds a little less fishy if he was actually coming at her with a knife. Yeah, but it requires a whole bunch of timing and, like, forensics. Why not just say exactly what happened? She was scared for her life. She had no doubt that he was going to kill her, so she shot him first. I'm just saying, why? Why the whole story about the knife? Or maybe it does all line up. Who knows? I've been thinking about this since since I finished reading the chapter. And I kind of have a loose theory. Okay. Once Lewis got to the house, yep. it clicked in Beth's brain that Lewis had to die. She knew... If she could, she had to kill him. So the whole knife thing is a ploy so that she could potentially avoid a murder charge in case she the self-defense thing doesn't land, I think. I know it's, it's loose theory. It's not well, as well thought out as I think it could be. Here's the reason why I don't think it holds water. Okay. Uh, is because we are in Beth's head, and at no point does she think, I'm going to kill Lewis Braid. She... A couple times thinks, I could kill Lewis Braid. But she at no point thinks, I am going to kill Lewis Braid. Right up until she pulls the trigger. It's Which is true. But just because we are in her head doesn't mean she tells us everything. No, but if she was meticulously plotting out uh, a plan to murder Lewis, I think we would have been privy to Well, that. no, it wasn't meticulous, though. It happened over the course of a quick conversation. Like I said, it was a loose theory. Yeah. It's... it's it's the only way I can justify why she screamed the way she did at his phone and why she's making up this extra bit to the story in her police statement. You're arguing the difference between first and second degree murder here. Yeah, you're I, arguing, I think I am. You're arguing that it's first degree murder and that she went into that situation knowing that presented with the opportunity, she was going to kill Lewis Braid. Whereas I, I don't I am... think she went into the house with that plan. I think when Lewis showed up... That's what she decided had to happen. Whereas I am arguing that she has engaged in second-degree murder, which is to say it was not pre-planned. It was in the heat of the moment. Yes. And that that is the difference between our arguments here. Except I'm thinking she's trying for the difference between self-defense oh, yeah, no, and second-degree. She, she wants this to be dropped down to manslaughter at best. Yes. Um, and again, Florida has those stand-your-ground laws, so... Technically speaking, she might get off with essentially a slap on the wrist. Yeah, she it was, was right. self-defense. She had to save her own life. She she killed a man to save her own life, and therefore she was in the right. And that could work in her favor. Mm -hmm. Or she might go to jail for murder. Maybe. Who knows? We have seven whole pages left. Yeah. And Anything could happen in those it's seven true. pages. See, the other downside is that she murdered Louis Braid, who was both rich and white, and a man. <laughs> um. Which yeah. are all kind of points against her, unfortunately, in our society. Yeah. Okay, so I really only have one really big loose end that I need tied up. Mm -hmm. The kids. Yeah. I need to know what happened with Kevin and Yanina. 
I need to know why they pulled the two younger children out of school, and I need to know that everybody's okay. So as I had mentioned before, this chapter kind of gives the implication that the two younger children are accounted for. Certainly, Detective Steele says something along the lines of, like, we've got this handled. Don't worry about it. It's in, like, we have everything in hand, Beth. Calm down. Have some dip. <laughs> and the implication of that, especially because she's, like, emphatic, have you found the other two kids? Like, she has four children. The implication is that they are accounted for. So I'm wondering if either Kevin and Yanina were doing the right thing and they had pulled Thomas with the intention of getting Thomas and Emily away from the braids because they were concerned. Yes. And were using the opportunity of Lewis still being in Florida and him recalling Flora to be like, let's get out of here. Like, yeah. let's get these kids somewhere safe. And that was the intention there. Oh, or, I really hope that's what happened. Or they were trying some really shady business on the side yeah. and they got scooped up real quick. We we talked about that last time. I hope it's the former. We'll have to wait and see. Likely, I hope it's the hey, we have scruples. Yeah, it, likely it will be determined next chapter. I'm I'm sure that the book won't end with the two younger kids in the wind after all of this. I hope so. Yeah. It'd be a real downer ending. Mm -hmm. And then the two younger children are never seen or heard from again. <laughs> I know I'm not going to get this, but I would really like a full psychological profile on Lewis Braid. I mean, we've been given a pretty good psychological profile on Lewis no, no, Braid. No, no, but I mean, I, I want something deeper than that. I want, like, the whole picture. Like, yeah, no, he was crazy. Here's here's all of his crazy and why all of his crazy. Don't think we're going to get that in no. seven pages. Also, he's dead. I so. know we're not going to get that, but I would, I'm just saying, I would be fascinated to to get that. Are we going to finally see the elder Thomas and Emily in person next chapter? I doubt it. Probably not. It'll probably be Beth back with her family, just getting a final recap of everything that's gone on. Maybe. That'd be my guess. Her going home and explaining it all to Dom. Dom doesn't care. He doesn't want to know. <laughs> no, but she's going to tell him anyway. <laughs> yeah, and he knows that. He kind of cares. Well, I mean, he cares in as much as he cares about the fact that Beth is safe, and also the fact that she murdered a man. Yeah, but if she uncovered a big plot, like, he was following along. Yeah. Right? So... If she uncovers, if she blows the case wide open. I mean, she did. Yeah, which she did. He's going to want to hear about it. Man, PC Paul Pollard is going to have some egg on his face after all this. It wasn't really his job to figure out what Lewis Braid was up to. It was his, jo his job to make sure the kids were okay. Yeah, And, and as far fair, as he could tell, the kids were okay. And to be fair, he certainly would never have been able to piece together what Lewis Braid was up to. Goodness, no. Beth barely did. In fact, she kind of almost didn't. Lewis more or less just finally told her. <laughs> well, and Beth overstepped a lot of boundaries that the police wouldn't be allowed to to do what she did. Yep. Right? So there's that. A little, little bit of vigilante detectivism. But yeah, that's where we that's where we end off. Yeah. So quick four pages. Yeah. A quick statement to the police. A little, a little bit of debriefing. Some question about what Beth's fate might be, because it does seem like the police aren't entirely buying her story. Right? But I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. It's either going to have a happy ending with Beth going home, or a, I don't know, less than happy ending with Beth going to jail? That would be a pretty downer ending. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast and have not listened, we've, I'm sure, touched on this in one of our prior episodes, this book, but oh, I'm probably. just going to give a quick reminder. Next episode is not the final episode of this book. 
the episode after will be the final episode of yes. this book. Next episode, we'll just analyze the epilogue, and then the episode after, we will do full book club. Full book club. Including Anita's favorite game. <gasps> Cast that movie! So start thinking up your start... Hollywood stars and starlets and starlings. Start scrolling through IMDb. And uh, figure out who's who's who in the who's who of your who-ness. Yes, in the who-ness. <laughs> That also means that we're going to be uh, shopping up a new book in the very near future, uh, because in that full book club episode, the final analysis of Perfect Little Children, we will announce what our next book is so that the following week, we can just dive right in. Yeah. We have a date to go book shopping. It's going to be great. Now, uh, with the last several books, we have put out a Twitter poll asking for you, our listeners, and our followers on social media, to weigh in on what the next genre for our novel should be. We're not going to do that this time because we have already kind of made a pledge for this upcoming book to read a novel by a BIPOC author. And we're a little concerned that by then also limiting ourselves to a single genre, that would really pigeonhole us. So we want to keep things a little more open mm -hmm. and find a really good book. So we're going to be open to any genre. Yeah. We will find a good book, though. Of course we will. And you'll want to keep your eyes peeled on our social media as we will make that announcement at the same time that the episode drops. For where sure. we make that announcement. So not next episode, but the episode after. Right. So give, uh, you give yourself lots of time. Get yourself a nice bottle of wine and some good snacks. You've got two episodes. Yeah. To, to get ready for full book club mode. Sweet. So you're going to want to read up on the epilogue in time for next week. We'll be doing the same. And then we'll be headed off to the bookstore to find that new book. And while we're going there, we're going to be masked up because that's the responsible thing to do nowadays. Yes. Also the rules now. Uh, it's certainly in Edmonton. <laughs> and the good news is if you are local to Edmonton, there are places that are making masks locally, such as this one. This episode is brought to you by Unbelts, the Edmonton-based biz that makes the comfiest stretch belts around. Unbelts also makes cloth masks. You're going to need more of those whether you're heading back to school or just living in a city that requires masks indoors or on the bus. Unbelts masks are designed by serious perfectionists. The masks follow all the latest WHO guidelines. They're ethically made right down to their components, but most importantly, they're super comfortable, even if you have to wear them all day. They come in all sorts of colors and four sizes, from preschooler to adult extra large. They've been featured in Parents Magazine, Elle Canada, and were even named Best in Edmonton. So what are you waiting for? Head to unbelts.ca to order your masks today. Shipping is always free, and you can enter the code APN for a free mini laundry bag just for Alberta Podcast Network listeners. Also, if you're an Alberta teacher, click Teacher Discount on their homepage for 20% off your entire order. Once again, that's unbelts.ca and enter code APN. Yeah, unbelts. And masks. And masks. Need, need plenty of those. A couple sure to cycle do. through. It's nice to have more than one. Indeed. <laughs> uh, speaking of having more than one, you might want to have more than one podcast to listen to. And a great place to go and check out some new content is the Alberta Podcast Network. Absolutely. Uh, where there are plenty of different 
podcasts on a plethora of subjects to check out. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you can find them all hosted right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. If you do decide to subscribe to one, you can probably subscribe to it on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, maybe give us a little like and a subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Like and subscribe like we're on YouTube. No, give us a like <laughs> and a, give us a rating and a review. <laughs> We'd appreciate that, too. We'd also appreciate that. Uh, we Hit also, the thumbs up button. Yeah. We also appreciate uh, hearing from you on social media. Sure. Uh, we have the standard selection, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Goodreads, because we're bookish. Yeah, we're at the read-along at pretty much all the above. You can send us an email if you want way more characters than that. We are the readalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. For an epilogue. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>